Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back, Sports Radio 950 KJR. This is Northwest Wild Country to England, Bill Herzog. Hey, somebody turned the heat on. I had to shed a layer here. It was it was like a frozen meat locker in here. And, and where our man was in the other room over there, it was like, like 500 degrees. It was like a 600-degree different. It was mm-hmm. like Mars at nighttime and daytime. What are you going to do? Yeah. Tell you what we're going to do because the gentleman himself is on hold. Buzz Ramsey, Yakima Bait, uh-huh. is uh, gracing the studio with his presence via the phone this morning so we can talk a little buoy 10 as it just opened on the first below the bridge, and uh, thousands of folks are down there fishing, but I can tell you there doesn't seem to be thousands of fish being caught. That being said, Buzz sent me some pictures. You guys found some success yesterday, didn't you, Buzz? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good morning. How <laughs> he, are you? He's Buzz Ramsey. He could catch fish in a toilet. <laughs> well, yeah, he okay. could. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems like, uh, I don't know, maybe glimmer of hope there, Buzz. Things actually pick up a little bit yesterday on the tide. What was going on? What did you observe? You know, I would. I don't know if things have necessarily picked up. Right. I. I would. Uh, you know. I mean, I think a lot of the reason that we're not seeing maybe as early as early early success uh, that was anticipated isn't because the fish aren't there. Uh, it's more about conditions. Uh, you know, right now we don't have the greatest tides. Yeah. Uh, they're afternoon tides this week. Um, you know, it's, it's all as you well know. Uh, it's all about the tides at Buoy 10. Right. And right now we've got afternoon tides, and everyone busts out there in the morning. Uh, we've had outgoing tides, uh, and, uh, you know, they're hard to catch then, even during the very peak of the season. Hey, uh, Buzz, how you doing, man? Hey, who's that? This is Bill. <laughs> how you doing? First, hey, of, good, first good. of all, we're not worthy. Second of all, when, when the fish are, t- are tough to catch like this, are you fishing lures or are you going to bait? What does well, what does Buzz do when it's when it's a tough bite? Well, here's the deal: with an afternoon tide, and given the reports we were hearing, we met for breakfast at eight thirty. We got down to the dock a little after ten. Nice. By the time we ran west, because uh, we, we were launched there at the what used to be the Red Line, now the River Walk, mm-hmm. we ran down there. By the time we dropped our lines in, we were between Hammond and the Spit on the Oregon side. It was uh, hey, it was. Probably 11 o'clock, you know. Nice. Uh, and I almost wish we'd have got there a little early because we saw some nets waving around on our way down there. Oh. There was a few boats. And uh, we caught one right off on a fish flash and a, and a, I think it was a, her- I think it was a herring, actually, mm-hmm. that first one. Might be wrong. We've had a combination of herring and anchovies out there. And then we trolled around for a while. We didn't see much, maybe one or two, uh, with the few boats that were around us. Uh, but we were hoping to, you know, it, it's these fish move by on that, on that, you know, when that tide starts to flood, and so you could miss them. You sure. know, maybe they went, maybe this, the bulk of them went by already or whatever. Anyway, and then we, 
Then we headed over kind of out there on, uh, you know, the lead edge of that flood tide comes in over there on the North Channel. And so we angled over there, and uh, and then we trolled up the sands on, you know, in front of the church and on up to the bridge. And we got up there by the bridge, and we caught we caught one, and then a little bit later we caught another one. Huh. Well. And so, you know, that was the deal. Now, we I think we probably pulled our lines up, I don't know, sometime a little after 5. And, uh, but the high tide, you know, we caught about an hour of the outgo mm-hmm. and, you know, almost wish we'd have stayed. Of course, I'd have got back <laughs> way late. <laughs> yeah. After midnight, if I'd have done that. Right. Um, cause I came home last night, but, um, but the guys that stayed out there, some of the guys, there was a little, there was a bite, you know, in fact, there was boats above the bridge on the Oregon side and we came back and quite a few boats there. There'd been a little evening bite there on that outgo and. That's uh, sometimes the best part of the day. Sure. Is the first part of that outgo. So, you know, a lot of guys are reluctant to switch their day around, and they don't want to stay out all day. So when you've got those afternoon tides, though, sometimes it's better to sleep in and just kind of reverse your day. Right. Now, next week, we're going to come up on morning tides, high tide in the morning, so you can catch, you know, an hour, two, or three of that incoming. Mm-hmm. And then the first part of the outgo, that's going to be the best part of the day, and I predict, like most people, that the bite's going to light up down there. The fish are there. Yeah. Well, and if so, if folks are listening. To what you're saying here, Buzz. You know, obviously we have best success on that 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 flood or that front edge of that incoming. And as you've uh, preached before, and uh, you kind of said it there again. I mean, based on what you guys did, you're following those fish up, and uh, you fish up going up uh, from way down low there, all the way up by the bridge. And oftentimes, and it worked for me last year too. I mean, if you're above the bridge on that high slack. That can be some pretty out out of control fishing, you know. So, um, so this week it's been tough because I think, like you've said, you know, guys want to get out there. I mean, fishermen by nature, we got to get out there daylight. We got to start early. I've always looked at Puget Sound fisheries, ocean fisheries, uh, and in areas on the Columbia is kind of a great opportunity. That uh, that's one of those days where I can get off work and still drive two hours to where I want to go fishing. And uh, get in the water, and like you said, you know, start at eleven o'clock in the morning. I and if like that's that. Con- that's conducive to the tide, that's your best opportunity. Before that, you might just be trolling around, you know, spinning and wasting bait, dragging uh, spinners around for a while with nothing. Trolling practice. And, and how mm-hmm. many times do guys say, "Well, we fished all morning. We didn't actually pick up our first fish till one o'clock, right as we got into about an hour of that incoming tide." There's a yep. reason for that. Those fish, those fish, it's all about the tides down yeah. there. Those fish move like the wind. We've also got pretty reasonably big tides right now. We're coming off big tides. Yesterday it was eight, eight, eight foot tide at night at three oh. thirty a.m. before you could be out there, and then right. seven foot at four thirty in the afternoon. So, you know, and when we've got those big tides, especially when you've got the biggest tide in the night when you can't fish, that pushes a lot of those fish through there. And then yeah. we're fishing on a tide that maybe isn't as big, so not as many come in. And that's why sometimes if we tend, it'll be things will be maybe not as red hot as people anticipate, but they're catching them up at Longview. Well, them fish hustled through there on that nighttime tide. So when we now next week, we're also going to come up to some bath time tides. There's only five foot difference between high and low. Right. And we've got a 6:30 a.m. tide Tuesday, 7:30 Wednesday, you know, 8:45 uh, uh, Thursday, and. And those are AM tides, and there's those bathtub tides. So we're going to see a buildup of fish in the estuary, just like the other coastal estuaries. Those fish are going to come in. That you don't have a big tide, so they're going to flood into the mid bay 
and they'll still flood on up into the upper bay too. But they tend, the day, bay tends to build up with fish, so every day next week is going to get better, 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 mm-hmm. better, and uh, we're going to see some hot fishing down there. Once those fish come in on them smaller tides, <clears throat> excuse me, what you're what you're saying is that uh, they tend to they tend to hang around, you know, and and stay up. They don't they don't wash in and out with these big tide pushes. The other thing I've uh, recognized, and, and it's a little more comfortable fishing, is when you don't have like uh, eight or nine foot uh, outgoing tide where you have river current and all that water washing out, you got a tremendous amount of volume moving very fast, and you'll find that your downriver troll speed, you know, to keep that forty five degree lie angle, can be in the you know four mile per hour range. Four and a half. I mean, that water is really moving. So winging. Yeah, I like those smaller tides, as you mentioned, Buzz. Buzz, once uh, you know the fish stage up, there seems to be more around, as you alluded to, and and the other fact is, uh, it just seems to make the fishing a little easier when you got softer tides uh, as far as your direction of troll, uh, whether you're going with or you know against the current. Absolutely. There's there's no question about it. Those fish, those fish build up in the estuary. The tide's not big enough to pump them through there, or or big enough to maybe flush some back out. Um, they don't want to battle that heavy current. Yeah. And it's hard to fish that heavy current. So now now I will say with the way that tide is, when you do have those big tides and you're more into the into the run where you're you know, the run is maybe peaking, it does push them into the edges. They're looking mm-hmm. for cover uh, from they don't want to battle that big current. So they're gonna be around them drop offs. Uh, those big tides also can flood them up on top of the sands and some you know, there's times when we'll troll up on the sands in that, you know, 12, 15 foot of water, and uh, it can be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, <clears throat> when we get to those bigger tides and you get that you get that pretty fast-moving water buzz, I I know you like to put out, uh, you know, herring anchovy spinners, let the fish tell you what they want. But I know for certain at certain times, just because of the durability of your presentation, you know, spinners can be the way to go. Uh, is there any time that you'll just go, well, you know what, this is just really conducive to being productive with spinners and fish, all spinners? Or are you always trying to sneak some bait in there no matter what the what the tide's doing? Depends what I'm hearing. You know, there are uh, we'll, we'll go through time periods where, hey, it's a spinner bite. Mm-hmm. We'll go through time periods when it's a bait bite. And it just kind of depends. Now, I tend to, I tend to mix it up yeah. uh, until I maybe figure out what's going on. But I have seen days when I could not catch one on bait. I mean, I was all. I mean, I've had five red and white spinners out there, and the rods are going off like crazy, and we're limiting quick, you know. So it just kind of depends. Uh, one thing I do though is I tend to run spinners on my front rods because they're getting there first, and the aggressive fish are gonna are gonna grab those. And I tend to run uh, herring, uh, herring or anchovy on my back rods. Mm-hmm. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because I figure those are either fish that got there late or they're following fish, and I want that added scent maybe to keep them interested. Sure. And uh, now one thing I started doing this last year was because I usually fish the center rod out the back, which, you know, when it's in line with the other rods, it's pretty dead. I mean, that rod just isn't catching them. But last year, I fished my rod way out behind the boat. You know, I mean, when I say way out, you know, 70, 80, 100 feet maybe, depending on the traffic. 
and uh, and I lit them up with that thing, and uh, that that was a hot deal. And I was fishing a spinner, I was dragging a spinner out the back, and uh, with that center rod, and uh, it was uh, well, it was if if not the hottest, one of the hottest rods in the boat seemed like all season. Would you put same amount of weight on that center rod as your back two corner rods? Well, <laughs> actually, I put a little less weight yeah. on it, and uh, so it'll I can scope it out there. And I'm fishing a, you know, I'm fishing a dropper, and I, a lot of times I was, especially in, uh, especially if I was in, you know, 20 foot of water, 20, 25 foot of water, I was dragging the sinker on the bottom. It's sandy down there. There's not sure. a lot of snags, and and I was just, it, it it tripped the bottom once in a while, but my spinner was right down there in that zone, you know, and uh, I, I got him. One we tried yesterday that was kind of cool because last year we we did the development work on this free sliding spreader. Yeah. We have and, them right on the camera, right? Yeah, here. I'm going to talk about those table. later this morning, Buzz. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to ask and, you about those. And we, uh, last year, you know, we went through the prototype phase, and I had several different models and everything, and finally settled on one. But I only had one. And so yesterday it was kind of cool. I got to put one on, uh, I think we put one on all but one rod, and uh, just because we didn't take the time to re-rig it. But uh, it was really cool. That that thing, sling, you know, that the way that thing rigs with that lead edge, that straight edge on the lead, there's three and a half inches of space spread when you pick out your your line out of the water. Yeah. And then because your sinker or your dropper line is coming off low, it can't hardly swing up and hit, uh, you know, tangle with your flasher. Right. So you don't have to, you don't need that space between your dropper line and the lead end of your flasher. Yeah. And uh, so that means a little shorter leader, don't have to high stick it as much. And uh, that worked really well yesterday. We never had one tangle with it, um, and uh, it was—it's it, the real deal. Plus, you've got, the, of course, the the advantage of the free sliding feature, which we've all had the the sinker hanging the net and the fish take off. Oh yeah. <laughs> what uh, I was going to ask you, Buzz, I brought those in studio uh, this morning. Co- Cody Herman gave me some, and actually, uh, I took time and took a few of them, and I put some uh, reflective tape on either side of of those as well. I figure, you know, similar to the. The colors we put on the YBC uh, inline flashers, I figured, well, a little more color on that can't hurt anything, you know. So dressed them up a little bit. I wanted to talk uh, talk about those. I looked at that, and I was like, boy, this thing is probably going to work great. And for all the reasons you just mentioned, as in you can run the same distance on your dropper as you can between that slider rig to your flasher, and you're still going to have three or four inches of difference in overall length when you go vertical, and they're not going to tangle, which is nice because you don't have to sit there and measure and decide – 20 inches here, 16 there, or, you know what I mean? It's it just it, the math works out, and I'll explain that on the ProCam board here later in the show. But as I was, was going to ask you about how are they in uh, collecting weeds. You know, I like to run a little weed guard on top of what formerly I'd run with my beads and my little, my little inline slider. And I looked at that and thought, well, I'm going to really be curious on how these perform, and is it an issue? Do they grab more weeds, or does it, does it not bother them at all? I didn't think they grabbed any more than anything else that, you know, your, your dropper coming off any other way yeah. yesterday. Um, so, no, that was that, that didn't seem like an issue. But, you know, that was just one day, and the weeds weren't real bad yesterday. So, sure. Yeah. The, uh, that, little, that little spreader is, uh, you know, it's a new concept. Some people look at that, and they think rudder because it's plastic. Yeah. And it's not a in rudder. In the shape, yeah, in the yeah, shape. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a rudder. It's a whole new concept. It's a spreader. It's designed to keep your lines apart right. and reduce uh, the opportunity for a tangle. And uh, 
And so it's a whole new deal, and it's free sliding, or you can rig it fixed. And some people, there's application for that too. Yep, with the and, with the grommets, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can run beads with it, but you really don't have to because we've recessed the the we've tapered the inside where your line goes through on the sliding deal. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's going to be well. I'm I'm feeling confident in the product. You know, I was involved, of course, in the development of it, mm-hmm. and I think this thing is going to become uh, become the real deal with everybody. And take the place maybe of uh, wire spreaders. Yeah, yeah. I gave up on the wire spreaders years ago. They just they seem to tangle too much. And they I, are a tangle. You know, and uh, so I I would go with a small inline slider and bees and whatnot. And that works pretty good. But you know, and I like to use the 150 minimum pound tests, as I'll explain later on the pro cam and show it here in studio. Uh, between my, my between the terminal end of my main line and that that jumper above my uh, my rotating flasher, just to prevent tangles, just to prevent twist. And, you know, I talked to guys like Cody and Brandon, and some of those guys are running 200-pound tests. But I really had great success the last couple of years with 150-pound. That's not heavy enough. No. What are you also running on <laughs> now that you got that spreader? What are you running for your actual uh, tensile strength to line off uh, for your dropper? Actually, I'm using wire. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I'm using 051 wire. Yeah. And uh, that seems to work awesome with it. And uh, and I've even run uh, 051 wire for my dropper line. I've run 051 wire from my fish flash back, you know. Yeah. And then and then I've got my leader snapped into that. Sure. Uh, you know, or I've got a snap on the end and then a sw- and then a swivel in my leader. Mm-hmm. And that way, I if I if I, you know if I land a fish, I can unsnap, snap another leader on, and get that rig back in the water quickly. So uh, no, no, no not tying. That's no, and you know, that's the no whole knots. key here is you got so much stuff spinning, whether you're running spinners, you know, herring, of course, everything is spinning at the terminal end, plus the inline fish flash. And you got all these, uh, you know, barrel swivels and, and ball bearing swivels and snaps and clips and the whole mm-hmm. thing. And you got six to seven feet of gear out there. You got a 16 to 20 ounce lead dropper. And as long as you get it deployed in the water in the correct manner, um, you can pretty much fish tangle free. That being said, you get into some weeds, that tends to ball you up sometimes. But, you know, little devices like that inline slider, I mean, I can't wait to use that thing. I think it's going to uh, make your, your fishing that much more efficient. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, yeah. how, about those, uh, how about those new colors with the custom, custom colors they got down there at Sportco on the YBC uh, inline fish flash? Have you fished any of those yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, those, those have done real well. A lot of the guides have called and said, hey, these are the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we caught him on BMK. You know, of course we were Bill Bill, Bill uh, Monroe, uh, which is the the BMK means Bill Monroe Killer. Right. You know, so many times out there, he's got one of those on that color on every rod. Yeah. There is a little bit of uh, evidence coming out with some of the some of the guys inspired by Bill and Terry Mulkey and others that you know if you see a school of fish in the water, like underwater video of of a school of fish, they're all the same color. Mm-hmm. Right and and some of the guys are starting to say, you know, when I you know, once I figure out what color to use, I'm putting that same color on every rod, right. and it seems like it's more it matches the natural environment more while still attracting fish because of the flash. Yeah, and uh, so I've wept, I'm carrying sets of you know high tower and BMK and all that stuff so that I, you know, if I get in a situation where one of those is pretty hot, I put one on every line mm-hmm. and. Uh, we're starting to. There's some evidence that that that's the real deal. Yeah, there, last time we had Bill Junior on, we had that discussion with him and his his custom flasher. He's got uh, there's some red in that flasher design, is there not? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He believes in red a lot, and he uh, he kind of walked us through that mindset as well. Uh, if it's working, and 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 the same, pretty much same words verbatim as you, Buzz, is you know, mm-hmm. schools of fish, they're all the same color, and that was his, uh, that was kind of his go-to, and he runs that that flasher. He said probably eighty percent of the time mm-hmm. he's out fishing, whether it's springers or fall run. So, uh, some some good thoughts there. Hey, Buzz. I have an extremely important question for you before you go. Okay, Bill. <laughs> people, people have been asking me about this, and I said only Buzz Ramsey can answer this question. Mm-hmm. Your hat, is this the same hat you've always worn? Do you have several in the same style and color? What's the deal with the hat? Well, they do wear out. Okay. So, <laughs> you would think so, so yeah. And where can, so, I, where can I get one? Uh, well, I have a maid. I, in fact, uh, you know, sometimes they're kind of hard to find. He's his own haberdasher. I, I, yes. yeah. I go down to, you know... Portland Outdoor Store, uh, my buddy Brad in there. I go in there, and Brad goes, okay. <laughs> and he, he goes over and gets one that has no shape to it or, you know, just the factory shape. And, he, uh, and he'll tune them up for me to where I've got the, <laughs> the classic hat, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so I've, I've lost them before. You know, I've had them go Wouldn't in the drink. would that be fun to find one of those floating down the stream, a real Buzz Ramsey hat floating down the river? An authentic. The Schoen River, I was... <laughs> Yeah. I was riding. I was up there elk hunting, and I was riding my uh, little pony across the creek, <laughs> and I was trying to take photos and hold on to my hat because <laughs> my hat kept pushing the flash down. So I tucked it under my arm, and it got away from me, and it went down the river. And we were in a twenty-four horse chain, and we couldn't stop. And so, geez, I looked all over Boise for a Buzz Ramsey hat and couldn't find one. <laughs> you had to come back to Portland to get your custom hat made. Come back Perfect. to go downtown to. Outdoor store, get one. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Buzz, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll be down there in the Wild Country boat here around the mm. 13th through the 16th. Tides are conducive to uh, hopefully putting a lot of fish in the box. So, uh, might run into you down there as I usually seem to do every year, but always a pleasure. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Pleasure to have you on, my friend. Okay, sounds great, guys. All right, take Thanks. care. Thanks, Buzz. Yep. I, we are going to jump out uh, for just a quick break, making Leaper's life tough in there, as he uh-huh. says come back we're going to carry the discussion on with a little more buoy 10 info we're going to find out how it's actually performing now mm-hmm. we're going to talk to brandon about uh a little more information on these tides you know there's there's right. something guys overlook bill and that's either you're banging the bottom or you're fishing suspended and uh kind of a key bit of information you there's know, you're talking to a steelhead fly fisherman well this, i know this is like talking martian well right? hey there is uh <laughs> there's something to it as far as where to be and when oh, yeah. that's all good but if you're not fishing the right depth depending what the tide's doing, you're probably going to be missing a lot of fish. Amen. That, and we'll find out where Brandon's putting in most of his time to find fish. So come back. Brandon Glass, Team Hookup Guide Service right here, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Mm-hmm. 
Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Well, there you go, a little Hall and Oates. Northwest Wild Country right. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Don't be smirched to Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates. Hall and Fish. Hall and People if you're in Brandon Glasses. 29, 36, 48-foot ocean <laughs> wessel. Yeah. Uh, he's been running around out there at uh, Bowie 10 for the better part of the It seems like most people we've month. talked to today have been home. All around Bowie 10. There's a handful of folks mm-hmm. out there. And, uh, of course, actually, Brandon starts off earlier in the season than most. He's out there hitting that ocean fishery. Then he moves in river as opportunity presents itself. And he was out there definitely below the bridge on the opener and for the next couple of days after that. But uh, rumor has it, maybe it came from you, Brandon. Welcome to the show this morning. Uh, you're heading heading <laughs> to the ocean this morning, aren't you? Yeah. Hey, guys. Morning, guys. How's morning. things going? Morning. Good. Going good, man. We just got done with Buzz Ramsey and now... You're front and center. We're going to yeah, pick your Yeah, follow that, Yeah, Cal. follow that. <laughs> oh, I've got that. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, you got that. So uh, where are you at this morning? you going to stay in river, or are you actually going to head yeah. out to the ocean? No, you know what? I'm, I'm on the ocean right now. Uh, I'm actually doing a little R&D and in a, uh, an old favorite fishing spot of the uh, old timers or the, the more uh, back in the 60s and 70s where guys used to target Chinook and checking it out this morning before I head out to where all the coho are at. So. Gotcha. Uh, we are we are south of the South Jetty along the beach, uh, kind of like out in front of where everybody raised their clams down here. And yeah. uh, kind of cold water, see a couple fish on the graph. Uh, we haven't had any sniffs yet. Okay. So uh, what's been happening in river this week that would push you back out to the ocean? That tells me that yeah. you're not happy mm-hmm. with the success, man. So here's what's kind of going on. You know, uh, we, we had the last three years have kind of been the most epic fishing, I think, our story has ever seen yeah. for as early in the season as we've ever had it. So everybody kind of got this idea, you know, oh, my God, it's going to be good from August 1st on every year. And we are just now getting a taste of reality again right now and understand that, hey, you know, the last, you know, three years have kind of been unique and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of fish early. But uh, now we're going back to, I think, standard buoy 10 years. Oh, that's just optimism raising its ugly head like it always sure. does. Brandon, it, 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 we're just creatures of habit. We get great fish right? in life that we it, just come it, to expect it. Why not expect it until we don't get it? Right, I know. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I I get that. But you know, now that we're not getting it, we have to understand that. Okay, you know, this is reality again. We we you know we got to go pinch ourselves. Go, okay, hey, we're still alive. This is still reality. Right. Um, you know, no, normally back years ago when I was starting out guiding, and my dad was, most people wouldn't even come down to about the 12th to the 15th of August. That was it. You know, yeah, they didn't good come point. Until then, they mm-hmm. fish through Labor Day and go home. You know. Well, yeah, so we now, become uh, we we forget. Awful easily, you know yeah, how we how put, we always push the seasons, man. Yeah. Always push the seasons, yeah. And in and, and every fishery, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, so yeah. so and, and, and that's true. That's absolutely true. Every fishery is that way. Now, what was really unique is I had a guy in the boat the other day, uh, two days, three days ago. He was a uh, fishing guide up in uh, Stewart, and uh, <clears throat> he was telling me that he felt his fish were one to two weeks late up there. Uh, he still had fish around in June. But it wasn't the big push. I mean, you know, they get their limit, but it'd take all day. Where normally in June, it'd be a whack and stack done in a, an hour or two hours at most. Uh, for him, this last this last June and July, he felt the fish were about a week to two weeks late. And uh, potentially, you know, I'll cross my fingers, maybe that's kind of what's going on. We're not seeing very many fish out in the ocean like we've seen in the last several, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, you know, it is a little bit slower. There's still fish out here. You can still go out there and you have a great day. Yeah. Um, but you know, the days of 
going out there and literally I've killed 14 fish in 43 minutes out here for a couple of years. I mean, do that <laughs> often, <clears throat> you know, but, uh, yep. now I think we're just getting the, uh, the, the reality check again saying, Hey, okay, this is really fishing now. It's not right. the, you know, bloodbath massacre early yeah. that we've seen. So Brandon, now, I know, uh, in our, uh, numerous discussions <clears throat> this last weekend, hanging out out there with you guys for the, uh, the fisherman's convention stuff, you know, you convinced me to uh, to try to roll a little more anchovy this year in river. Um, I had great yep. success last year with mostly fishing herring, some on anchovy. You're like, hey, you know, think about what they're surrounded by, what they're feeding on. Not a lot of herring up in that particular stretch of the river at that time, but you have, you know, millions of anchovies. So I've uh, I've tied up some uh, Brandon Glass rigs uh, in my version, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna deploy those with the great optimism and uh, mm-hmm. and confidence that those are going to produce for me, but you're out in the ocean this morning, uh, yeah. you know, and you're fishing yeah. for them Chinook a little deep. What, uh, are you rolling anchovies out there? Or are you, you back with some herring on board? No, I'm actually, I, I'm all, I'm rolling all chovies out here in the ocean, especially in the ocean, just because, you know, there's sometimes you're in some big rips out of ripping current yeah. and those plug cut herrings get ripped out and blown out really quickly. So using a full solid, you know, you could use a solid full herring, but <clears throat> yeah, as you mentioned, there's, billions millions and trillions of freaking chovies out here yeah the bait balls are so thick your transducer can't even see through them right. those are all anchovies why would you feed them something that they're not eating at the moment mm-hmm. so, maybe so they'll notice now, it now what what, now, what we do trout fishing i know this is kind of a weird thing to uh, compare it to brand but when there's a, a mass hatch on the water sometimes if you throw a different fly out there something completely different it gets their attention through all the mass of the other ones where it's just random you know, maybe a, maybe a big herring, a bigger herring going through all the uh, would get their attention. Catch your attention, yeah. yeah. Maybe so. No, then that that makes a great point there, Bill. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. But uh, you know, I, I just <clears throat> I just kind of I'm a creature of habit as well too. I always yeah. just kind of use anchovies, and it's always worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, honestly, I come down here and you buy a bag of uh, herring, you get twelve. You buy a bag of anchovies, you get like twenty five baits. So wow. when you get in these massive bites and you run out of herring. Because you only got, you know, three or four dozen. Yeah. Uh, if you got the same amount of bags of anchovies, you got another couple dozen worth of baits. So you're still fishing. So you know that's just something that I have because this back in I started really fishing anchovies back in 08, 09 when we had these big coho pushes and I'd be out of herring in a matter of an hour or two with bait. Mm-hmm. I had to go back and get you know more. I mean, you packing down five dozen, you think, oh, you're good, but you know you get 60 bites a day. <laughs> yeah, um, that doesn't last very long. So, well, and all the uh, all the bait shacks down there have so much fresh anchovy right out of the waters that we're fishing down there, and yep. uh, and or you know you keep your Zabiki rig on on board with you, and not you because you don't have time running eight clients and no deckhand. So, um, <laughs> hey, has Cody deployed his uh, his net idea for uh, harvesting his anchovies yet? Is he no, go? no, you know we haven't really gotten a, a good a good system yet of uh, catching chinooks on a on an hourly basis yet. So we haven't had that extra time to mess around. You know, yeah. Yeah. So we've still been trying to format a plan on, you know, how the tide's been working, what the fish have been doing. And once we kind of get that idea, okay, at this time we're going to do this, at this time we're going to do this, and at this time we're going right. to do this because, because it's a routine. Yeah. No pattern and yet. We haven't gotten you know? there yet. Yeah. Okay. So uh, speaking of that, though, before we got to cut you loose and let you get back to work, briefly touch on uh, tides and depth that we want to fish, Brandon. You know, you and I had this conversation somewhat. <laughs> Uh, you know, pounding the deck with uh, with the lead, you know, banging along the bottom there versus fishing suspended, um, doing it simultaneously if you have enough rods out, sure. But but the guys that are only fishing maybe two, three rods, 
you know, when should they focus on, you know, dragon bottom versus fishing that suspended column of water based on what the tide's well, doing? Well, I think for the average fisherman that's coming down that's not, you know, guiding six people, uh, for just the rule of thumb is incoming tide, always fish suspended. Outgoing tide, you know, usually fish towards the, the bottom. So mm-hmm. for those people that may be only fishing one, two, or three rods, try that. And, you know, knowing that, you know, on incoming tide, the fish are flushing up towards the surface in that uh, upper water column. And when the tide flips, you got outgoing tide, those fish suck down the bottom, and you present your bottom, your bait towards the bottom where those fish are at. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and with guys, yes, we do have six rods most times. We can kind of separate our gear. We can have some suspended, some on the deck. And right. Really learn what the fish are doing but if you're out here one two or three rods you're kind of kind of hopefully guessing and and well the brandon said do this you know on the um on the rule of thumb is incoming tide fish up outgoing tide fish the bottom so we got him brandon good yes brandon said what brandon says (laughs) always good to have you on buddy appreciate it i will uh bill and i will see you down there within about a week or so we'll be down there running around the wild country boat so absolutely uh also just so everybody knows that's listening in uh from monday on that tide series for early morning starts that high slack tide should be really good um from daylight for that first part of the outgo um, all the way through the rest of the week, we got really small holdover tides. This right. is going to be the week that we should finally see a uh, pretty good bite. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, I'm not man. even going to ask you if you have any any openings because I know you're booked <laughs> all the way through late November. So, yeah. All I right, am. buddy. So, we'll uh, we'll check in with you soon, and we'll see you down there a week or so. Take care. All right, guys. Tight lines. All right, we'll see you. Brandon Glass, Team Hookup Guide Service. If you can get in his boat, you're lucky. Mm-hmm. He's down uh, down fishing and completely booked way to the late end of November. We're going to jump out for a break. When we come back, Bill. Fire up that Pro Cam. going to wrap up the show, fire up the old Pro Cam. Uh, go over a few uh, options for rigging for Buoy 10 for guys that are heading down. Maybe it's your first or second year down there and still struggling with tangles and gear getting all balled up. We're going to try to make it a little easier for you right here when we come back. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Like he said, this is Sports Radio 950 KJR, Northwest Wild Country. It's Saturday. We're up at the end. This is our last little segment. Dwayne is ready to go over there. He is at the Pro Cam, and he's going to show us rigging options for Buoy 10. Mr. Dwayne England, take it away. Well, Bill, you're going to become accustomed with this because I'm finally dragging your carcass down to Buoy 10. You're going to actually kill, some, yeah. kill some stuff. Yeah, going to kill some Chinook. <laughs> so. Uh, basically, you know, last several years, it's been pretty, uh, worked very well, uh, when it comes to rigging. So my main line here, my left hand with the braid, it terminates here at a, uh, chain bead swivel. And I have this little Bomex slider that I put on there with a dropper. And I would fish this dropper with 20 or 25 pound test. That's kind of my breaking point. If I did in fact hang up a lead, mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I actually hung up a lead down there. You're bouncing bottom, but it's like Buzz had mentioned, and Brandon, it's sandy. You don't tend to hang them up a whole lot. So it's always good in my mind to have something within all this rigging that has a termination to it. Because if you do get hung up, you don't, you don't want, want to break, break all of that rods no and all way. your gear and everything. So yeah. for me, the lead's the thing that's contacting bottom. I'm going to put something in there to break. Uh, in discussions with a lot of guys and looking at gear and look, you know, talking over the years, um, you can actually go a little, little stronger. And as Buzz said, he'll even run that wire for his dropper. And I'll show you the difference here in a second. But... This does work, you know, and I go to that uh, go to that slider rig with the beads to protect the swivel and have that dropper shorter than this 150-pound test jumper that then goes to your inline fish flash, 
And the, the, there's several reasons for that. One, you don't want to lose these flashers. They're getting to be, you know, uh, sure. 8 10 12 bucks a piece, okay? And that heavy line makes your swivels work. It makes the swivels mm-hmm. work, and this heavier line also prevents all that twist when things do get kind of balled up. Once you get weeds on this stuff and the bearings and the, and the swivels stop spinning, that's when things become a mess, okay? Wow. So uh, it goes to your fish flash, and then, of course, this one here uh, terminates at about a 5, 5.5-foot five leader with uh, dual hooks. For herring, and I like to run a four-odd on the top and a three-odd on the bottom. Remember, we're barbless down there. Right. Um, so get yourself some good barbless hooks or pinch the barbs. But uh, that's my uh, standard rig for herring. It works very good. Now, another option that we can use, and first of all, I liked, I'm like i fishing, uh, and if you haven't checked him out, get a hold of Dave Calhoun, Northwest Rods. Mm-hmm. He built me some fantastic uh, buoy 10 rods. It's 10 and a half foot rod, 15 to 30 rating. Got a little uh, pack to them. What you got a little saying. pack to mm-hmm. them, but with the way they load up, especially when you're fishing bait and those fish take that bait, you want that rod to load up to where they don't even know they're getting, getting onto a rod and you can just sit there and literally watch it. Anyway, he's got those new series of rods that he provides you with two tips. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to mention that again, cause, uh, we kind of, we kind of put those out there during springer season, but this is why he did it. Cause in springer season, you're running Eight to ten ounce cannonball. Right. You get down there for buoy ten, you're running sixteen to twenty. A wee uh, bit more. What, yeah. What you're so saying. he's got basically the same rod with two different tips that's applicable to either fishery. And well. talk about getting your bank. So you for don't the buck. you don't have to buy two rods. You can you buy say. one Perhaps. with the with the dual tip. It's mm-hmm. going to run you a little more than a single rod, but not nearly as much as two rods. And they fish fantastic. So mm-hmm. check out Dave at Northwest Rods. So I I'm want, running. I, I want to hear about that squid squid rig you got sitting there with the so. For my anchovy rig, and this is like I mentioned when we were talking with Brandon, this is one I stole from him. We put uh, put a triple hook set up, and I'm running uh, three out hooks with a two finger spacing in between. We're running anchovies now with this, so uh-huh. your spacing doesn't have to be nearly as far because you're putting that front hook right underneath through their mouth, and that second hook goes in their side, and you're putting a pretty aggressive bend on these anchovies to get them to spin. Sure, I mean way aggressive to where you think that ain't going to work, but you talk to those guys that do it every day. You fall- it's kind of a 45 almost, It's right? a It's a very aggressive bend. So uh, two-finger spacing on those hooks and then three-finger spacing on your trailer, which you only need to run a two-aught down there, dangling completely away from any bait beyond the tail. Uh, Brandon assured me that he catches so many fish with that trailer hook sticking out They don't there. know what that is. They don't know what it is. No. Don't worry about it. But the main thing is on those size threes, you're getting those three-aughts, you're getting that bait secured. And you run this little hoochie on top of it, maybe with a little flash skirt inside, and I've tied up a number of them. Different colors. You got UVs. You got glow. It's just adding attractability color Mm -hmm. and a little something different that definitely works. Also, the cone head on these squids and some of these um, mini uh, ace high flies that I've used, those actually help protect the head on that that anchovy from blowing up. Deflects the water pressure. Yeah. So instead of using a helmet, you're using something with a little more color, a little more, you know, a little more flash to it. 40-pound leader, uh, five-and-a-half, six-foot leader, five-and-a-half generally. Go to your fish flash. Now, here's here's the new stuff, okay, the new hotness, as you like to say, Bill. Mm-hmm. Off of our main line here, I have that new uh, spreader bar that Buzz was uh, talking about. Here you go. This is that new uh, Yakima Bait uh, free slide spreader. And basically, instead of using that little that little slider and, and beads and everything in line, I've taken this spreader bar and you put it on there, and it's not, as he said, it's not a fin. It's not a uh, anything other than the fact that this slides up and down your main right, line, right. and it uh, it uh, affords you your dropper. And I am going to fish that that same thickness of one fifty pound test to that dropper. And now remember, 
your distance between your flasher and where your main line terminates and the distance between your dropper, there has to be a couple inches difference in length, okay? You want your dropper line always shorter than this distance between your flasher and where your main line terminates to prevent t- twists and tangles. You want that thing flipping up. That could be gruesome. Yeah, so uh, one way to do that, now that you're using this inline slider, you're adding three to four inches there plus a couple beads and a, and a bead chain swivel on there. As I got this rigged, I got at least four, four and a half inches of difference. Mm-hmm. These two these two lines are exactly the same. You know, it's, 16 it's, or 18 it, inches, right? It, it looks really complicated, but you think about it, once you put it all together, it's quite simple. It is very simple, and it works uh, fantastic. I can't wait to fish this because I can just see how well this is going to perform. Buzz already mentioned it, that they had less tangles than he's ever you know, fished before. So I guarantee this is going to work. Now you get them. They don't have any coloring on them. I went ahead and put a little moon jelly on one side right. and a little bit of UV green uh, flash on the other just to add that extra attractant. Sure. And to get back to what I would have to build in for my terminal area, I just put a, a much smaller clip down at the base of this thing. If that lead hangs up by chance, it's, if it it's does, gonna just come off. it's just going to pop that, that little uh, dual lock right open. Sure. And that won't be an issue. So we're not breaking rods, not breaking gear. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to be running down there at Buoy 10. There's a lot of options on how to rig. I would say if you can find them in the store already, I'd pick up some of these now, YBC wh- sliders. Where can I find those, Dwayne? I would probably start out at Sportco Outdoor Emporium because I mm-hmm. guarantee not only are they carrying all these custom colors of mm-hmm. these YBC Fish Flash, you're not going to get these colors anywhere else. They are they're exclusive at Sportco. Uh, custom colors that Gabe has helped uh, uh, produce and put the color combinations together. So get yourself some of those before they're all gone because they have been catching fish down there for the last couple of years. Pick mm-hmm. up some of these sliders, pick up some of the uh, the extra tape. I'm going to take every one of them I got and I'm going to add some different glows. Everything you see there, terminal mm-hmm. hooks, everything you can get down there. Everything's everything. at Sportco. Even the, uh, you know, that's Berkeley 150-pound uh, trilene there that you make your droppers with, your clips, all of it. Mm-hmm. All of it is down there and it's a tent sale. So why wouldn't you go pick your stuff up this week before you head on out to buoy 10 and very, find yourself some success very nice mr england that seems like uh something uh, guys can do easily and uh i'm sure if, if they can't find that stuff just go you know, grab somebody down there and they'll take you right down to find it uh more than likely yeah mm-hmm. look for the uh six foot two six foot three kid with a long seven eight inch uh, red beard and mm-hmm. uh call him jordan he'll probably answer oh i was gonna say i'm not one of the girls i hope so. <laughs> there are two of them down there with a beard last time i checked so uh <laughs> this is pretty much what we're going to be fishing, Bill, next okay. week down at Buoy 10. I cannot and, wait, man. Uh, we're going to roll some herring, but I am going to really try to push uh, push the anchovy thing mm. a little more because I— It, it I, makes sense. I mean, the things are bulletproof. Well, yeah, and you talk to guys like Brandon Cameron Black. He and I spent a lot of time talking. He's like, dude, the, the anchovy thing, a lot of guys are missing mm. because you think Chinook, you think herring. And I was, uh, last year even, you know, I probably, I guarantee I ran more herring than anything. You mentioned using braid mainline. You didn't say what pound test. Uh, I go with at least 65. You do that because it's not, you don't need 65, but it doesn't bite into the spool, the thicker line diameter. These fish pull amazingly hard, Uh and they're big, strong fish, uh, and you're setting these drags pretty doggone tight. Well, yeah, you're in tight quarters. A lot of boats around you. There too. are a lot you of boats. Uh, can't let them just run free right, spool right. and get out there. So, yeah, I mean, heavy line, heavy gear. It doesn't remove the the enjoyment of fighting the fish. These 10-and-a-half-foot right. rods, the heavy gear, it seems like a lot, but you're going to put fish in the net. You're going to get it done. Very nice. Mr. Mike Leeper, thank you for coming in today, sir. Thanks Absolutely. You did a fantastic you. job, Steve. Great job behind the cameras. Yep. Dwayne, we got to go. We'll see you we next do, week. Man. Next week. Make sure you come right back here on the number one outdoor show in America, Northwest Wild Country, Saturday morning. Enjoy summer!
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.